welcome to this week's episode of the Double G NFL Picks podcast. My name's Graham, I'm the first of the Double Gs. And my name's Griffin, and I'm the second of the Double Gs. In this podcast, the Double Gs, who are father and son, will go through all of the NFL games week by week, picking the winners head to head. So, week four is done and dusted. It's in the bag. Should we go through all the scores? Let's do it. Okay. Right, we started week four with the Thursday night game, which was the Detroit Lions at the Green Bay Packers. You went for the Packers and I picked the Lions in what was the first of nine disagreements for the week. And the Lions ended up winning quite comfortably by a score of 34-20. Quite a dominant performance by the Lions, that one. Yeah, I mean, it's like they made some good plays, but overall in that game, the Lions are just the better team. And usually the better team comes out on top. Absolutely. Next up, we had the early Sunday game, which was the Atlanta Falcons at the Jacksonville Jaguars at Wembley Stadium. We both went Falcons, and I'm pleased to say that we were both wrong. The Jags coming away with a 23-7 win. Obviously, we were there at Wembley, yep. so what were your thoughts on this one? Um, defense was pretty good. Offense had their good and bad moments. Trevor made some really good plays. Obviously, the touchdown to Calvin Redley was a really good play. He managed to shake off the tackle. But obviously, Bijan Robinson, it was hard to contain. I can see him being one of the better running backs in this league for quite a while now. Yeah, we were just overall the better team. And obviously, a pick six and another pick on the next play. Yeah, we were just the better team. And like I said, the better team usually comes out on top. Absolutely. I actually said to you, funny enough, before the game, I was fearful of the Jags' offence because obviously you hadn't played well for a couple of weeks. And I did say to you, the only way you're going to win this game is if you can get up early, if you can score early and build up a lead so that they have to rely on Desmond Ridder rather than the running game. And that's exactly how it turned up. You were 10 nothing up. And then, of course, Ridder threw that awful pick, which was run back by Williams, was it? Paris Williams. Yeah, for the pick six. So then you're up 17 nothing, and and really never looked back from there. The only thing that disappointed me somewhat was I thought second half, you went a bit conservative. Suddenly, even your passing plays were all little rinky-dink stuff. It was all sort of four to seven-yard passes. And I always think in a game like that, in order to keep your momentum going, sometimes you've just got to go vertical. Sometimes to keep a defence honest, you've got to throw deep. And they never seem to let Trevor go deep once they're ahead. They always seem to just want to do this tiny little rinky-dink stuff. And I found that a bit frustrating. Yeah, I mean, you've got to sometimes take a chance, do a little bit of risks. And we didn't really do that. I mean, the Falcons, they did have a scare because they were looking quite good in offensive. Obviously, on that fourth down, they, we got the really lucky stop there. That is Drake London's second foot was out of bounds. But I'll take the win. Absolutely. Absolutely. No, I mean, your defence really showed up on this one. Offence probably first half, but defence second half just absolutely stifled them. Ridder, as you say, through back-to-back picks. One thing that was quite interesting, um, I don't know whether you saw this, but apparently there was one play where Ridder overthrew Matt Collins, the Falcons wide receiver. And when they went off the field, Ridder went to give him a high five to say, sorry about that, it's okay. And Hollins turned on him. Hollins didn't like it at all. He he wouldn't give him the high five. And he actually stood up and started shouting at him. So things not looking particularly great for Desmond Ridder, it has to be said. 
in a press conference this week, Arthur Smith, the Falcons head coach, did back Desmond Ridder and saying he's still their starting quarterback, even though they've got Taylor Heineke backing him up. So, but uh, but if he continues to have games like this, that may change quite quickly. Yeah. Next up, we had uh, probably the game of the week, the Miami Dolphins at the Buffalo Bills. And this one, you went Dolphins and I went Bills. It was quite close in the first half. But in the second half, Josh Allen absolutely stepped it up and uh, the Bills ended up destroying the Dolphins 48-20. And that was the Dolphins' first defeat of the season. Were you quite surprised at that one? Yeah, I mean, I honestly thought the Dolphins were going to win. Quite a lot of people thought the Dolphins were going to win. But the Bills, they look like a really strong team. And I feel extremely scared for whoever the Bills are going to play next. Indeed, yes. I pity whoever that's going to be. But now, obviously, the Dolphins coming off their massive win against the Broncos. But, yeah, really brought back down to earth there. And also, another bit of bad news for the Dolphins was Teron Armstead, their left tackle, uh, left the game with a knee injury. And they, they reckon he could be out for at least a month. And, of course, left tackle is a key position. That's a bit of bad news for the Dolphins there. Yeah, but that could badly affect their offense because you've got a lot of good delominance league. You need some protection. A bit like the Bengals in 2021. Obviously, the O-line in the Super Bowl on that fourth and one, they let them down, you know. You're not going to be very successful without any protection. Like you've got to give your quarterback enough time. Absolutely. Next up, we had uh, two of the winless teams facing off. It was the Minnesota Vikings at the Carolina Panthers. Uh, you picked the Panthers, I picked the Vikings. And even though the Panthers took an early lead and did look, pretty much in control a fumble by Bryce Young the Panthers quarterback which was then run back by the Vikings for a touchdown put the Vikings back in charge and they ended up winning it 21-13 so Bryce Young obviously was the number one pick in the draft but still not looking the player that they probably hoped he would be so he's definitely a work in progress and the Panthers as I keep saying pretty much every week very much in rebuild mode so yeah Panthers one of only two winless teams still Next up, we had the other face-off of the winless teams, uh, the Denver Broncos at the Chicago Bears. You went Bears, I went Broncos. And, well, this was an incredible game, wasn't it? Justin Fields had an absolutely incredible game at quarterback for the Bears. Uh, they were leading 28-7 and were completely dominant. And then suddenly the Broncos started to come back into it, pulled back a touchdown, pulled back another touchdown, then ran a fumble back, didn't they? And suddenly it was 28-all. And then the Broncos kicked a field goal to take a 31-28 lead. The Bears had the ball and were driving down. Fields threw an interception. And that was it. Game over. They threw away a 21-point lead. I mean, at the end of the third quarter, Justin Fields, his figures, he was 23 of 24. He only had one incomplete pass, and that was on a Hail Mary at the end of the first half. He had 285 yards and four touchdowns. At the end of the third quarter, and lost. I don't know if you saw that picture of him at the end of the game, but he looked absolutely destroyed, sat there on the bench, just staring into space. You got to feel for him. Yeah, I mean, like you played good. DJ Moore showed up. They used a lot of their weapons. So it's just a bit of luck, a bit of momentum shift. You know, when the Broncos started coming out, started scoring. They started getting some of the momentum. The Bears started losing it. The Bears started getting a bit worried while the Broncos were gaining confidence. Next one, we had the Baltimore Ravens at the Cleveland Browns. Now, funny enough, uh, when we were sitting in Wembley waiting for the game, I just went on and looked at the fantasy teams and saw that Sean Watson 
was out, which of course I didn't know. And you'd pick the Ravens to win this. I'd pick Browns. And I suddenly thought, hang on, Watson's out. Who's the quarterback for the Browns? And it was rookie Dorian Thompson Robinson. I even said then, do you know who Dorian Thompson Robinson is? And he went, no. And I went, he's quarterbacking for the Browns. And I immediately, funny enough, we do this on here. And of course, because I'd already stated what my pick was going to be, I couldn't change it. But on the pick game we do online, I then quickly went on and changed my pick from the Browns to the Ravens, which was a good shout because the Ravens ended up destroying the Browns by 28 points to three. In terms of this, I took the loss. So you picked that one right. But yeah, just dominant by the Ravens. And you called it because, you, you know, you said you didn't think the Browns would be good enough to stop Lamar Jackson. And they couldn't. He looked awesome, didn't he? Yep. He, he, he's one of the really good quarterbacks. He's unstoppable with his feet. He has a strong arm. He's good at throwing. Well, he's just good at everything. He has everything the quarterback needs, in my opinion, to be, you know, really good. Right. Next up, we had the Pittsburgh Steelers at the Houston Texans. We both went Steelers and we were both wrong. Steelers were awful and the Texans looked incredible. I mean, CJ Stroud has come in and looked like a great quarterback. I mean, probably in, in with a shout of rookie of the year at the moment. Yeah, they absolutely destroyed the Steelers by a score of 30 points to six. I mean, who saw this coming? We obviously clearly didn't with our picks. But yeah, what were your thoughts on this one? I thought this game was going to be a Steelers blower. I just like, we got home, obviously, after the Jags-Falcons game. I saw... Like you watching Red Zone, and I just thought, you know, I'll check what is happening in the games. I bet the Steelers are destroying the Texans, just like I thought. And suddenly they popped up on Red Zone, and the guy said, Yep, so I shook the Texans are up 16 0 to the Steelers. It's just like, what the heck? The Texans, the past few weeks, have been looking like a really good football team. This thing, are the Texans back? As a Jags fan, I really hope not. But are they back? That's one of the questions. Are they back to their 2019 days, you know? Absolutely. I mean, one thing about this was uh, Kenny Pickett, the uh, Steelers quarterback, went out with a knee injury, which turns out it's only a, a bone bruise, but he could still miss at least one week, which means this Sunday, uh, week five, we're going to see Mitch Trubisky be in at quarterback for the Steelers so uh, I wonder what sort of uh, impact that will have on their performance but uh, yeah Kenny Pickett out with an injury but they looked pretty bad before that happened so I don't think that had too much of an influence on it. Next up we had an incredible game the Los Angeles Rams at the Indianapolis Colts we both went Rams on this one the Rams went out to a 23-0 lead and the game looked over this is in the third quarter Then suddenly, Colts get a touchdown. Obviously, Colts led by Anthony Richardson. They get a touchdown and a two-point conversion. Then they get a touchdown and an extra point. And then they get a a touchdown and then get the two-point conversion. Suddenly, out of nowhere, it's 23-all. All the momentum is with the Colts. Rams look absolutely stunned. Um, It goes to overtime where the Rams get the ball and just drive down. And Matthew Stafford hits Pukunakua who's funny enough, the Rams wide receiver is this rookie wide receiver who's been having this great season, who I've wanted to mention so far, but every time we've recorded, I could never remember his name. So yeah, Pukunakua, there you go. You finally get your shout out on this. And yeah, so the Rams won it 29-23 in overtime. Absolutely incredible. Yeah, he has been looking really good. I saw the stats. Most, I believe, like receptions for the rookie year since 1970, I believe was. 
and the second best, I can't remember what his name was, but was 30. Puka Nakua had 39. Mm. So he had easily eaten the record. But yeah, after the game, the Colts players looked absolutely devastated. So to come back from 23 nothing down and then tie the game and then lose it in overtime must be absolutely awful. Next up, we had the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the New Orleans Saints. You went Saints, I went Bucks. We didn't think Derek Carr was going to be playing in this one, but he did. He ended up starting the game, but really didn't look fit. You could see he definitely had a shoulder injury. Baker Mayfield, however, looked really good. And uh, the Bucks ended up winning quite comfortably by 26 points to nine. So, yeah, another one there that I got right. What do you think of this game? The Saints, like, they had a really good start to the year. But, like, recently, in the past, like, few weeks, something just hasn't been clicking. This is a team that has so much potential to be good. I just don't get what they're missing on the field. It's just the Bucks look like more of a complete team right now. Absolutely. So next up, we had the Washington Commanders at the Philadelphia Eagles. We both went Eagles on this one, and the Eagles were actually your lock as well. And, yeah, the Commanders went up early in this one, didn't they? They, yeah. they were well in charge. And then the Eagles came back and took a seven-point lead, 31-24. But then the Commanders drove down and, with a play with one second to go, scored the game-tying touchdown. Commanders got the ball first in overtime, couldn't score. Eagles got the ball, drove down, and uh, Jake Elliott kicked the game-winning field goal. So uh, you got your lock on that one, and we both got uh, the Eagles' win. Heck of a game. I mean, you know, I honestly didn't see this one being that close at all. So, yeah, you know, the Commanders do seem to be much better this season. So, obviously, they've struggled so long under the leadership of Dan Snyder as their owner. But now that he's gone, it seems to have uh, breathed new life into the franchise. So definitely a team to watch. Yeah, this was actually, yes, yeah, just like you said, I thought this game could actually end up being a blowout for the Eagles. The Commanders stuck into this game. I mean, this is this is looking like a pretty good Commanders team. They've shown they can still keep up with the good teams. So obviously it does make their record 2-2, two and two, but I can see this team's future heading in a bright direction. Yeah, absolutely. Right, next we had the Cincinnati Bengals at the Tennessee Titans. We both went Bengals, and boy, we couldn't have been more wrong. Bengals looked terrible. Joe Burrow struggled on his injured calf, and uh, the Titans easily won this one, 27 points to three. Really worried about the Bengals, I have to say. They don't look great on both sides of the ball. Obviously, Burrow's injury is a major contributing factor to that. Definitely need to keep an eye on that one because I think the Bengals, who are obviously you know, one of the big guns in the AFC, are looking like they probably won't even make the playoffs. Then we've got the Las Vegas Raiders at the Los Angeles Chargers. Uh, you went Raiders, I went Chargers. Yeah, this one was a real back and forth, but uh, the Chargers did end up winning it 24-17. Very bizarre play on this one, with Jimmy G still out with his concussion. Aidan O'Connell, the backup quarterback, was playing for the Raiders, and they drove right down, down by seven. And with two and a half minutes to go, O'Connell threw an interception to Chargers cornerback Asante Samuel Jr., who did something really weird. He caught the ball and he had completely open field in front of him and could have, could have run it back for a pick six, but acted like he thought there was only 30 seconds left in the game because he just dived down, didn't he, and just gave up the play, which means suddenly the Chargers needed to get a first down. They weren't in a position to run out the clock because the Raiders had all three timeouts. So suddenly, you know, it was like, hang on, you could have iced the game there and clearly thought he had, but hadn't. 
And it ended up with Justin Herbert having to make a long pass on uh, third and ten to win the game for them. But yeah, a really strange play. Could have iced the game, thought he had, but didn't. Another thing that happened in this one is that Justin Herbert, I think he'd thrown a pick, was it a pick or a fumble, and he had to tackle somebody, and he got his finger caught either in the face mask or the helmet, sort of the ear hole in the side of the helmet, and broke a finger on his non-playing hand. Uh, fortunately, the Chargers on a bye this week, so hopefully that, that shouldn't have much an effect on it. But, but yeah, it's just, just a really bizarre circumstances. And he, he finished playing the game with a splint holding his two middle fingers together on his uh, on his non-throwing hands. So, very bizarre. Yeah, also there was another really bizarre thing that happened in this game. The commentator, obviously, I was watching the game on Red Zone where we were. And, yeah, the commentator over all the games said, yeah, Jimmy G's actually out today. And then it zooms in on the game. And the commentator at the game says, okay, let's see what Jimmy G can do here. And I just thought to myself, wait, the guy literally just said, Jimmy G's out. What do you mean, what can Jimmy G do? Yes, it was a strange run all over that one. Uh, next up, we had the New England Patriots at the Dallas Cowboys. You went Patriots, I went Cowboys. So another disagreement. And the Cowboys actually destroyed them. In fact, this was the biggest defeat for the Patriots in the Bill Belichick era, with the Cowboys winning 38 points to three. Absolutely dominant. Another bit of bad news for them was losing two of their defensive starters. Um, Matthew Jude on their linebacker suffered a bicep tear and uh, will be out for at least two months. And Christian Gonzalez, who's their rookie cornerback, who's been having a great season, suffered a torn labrum in his shoulder and is out for the season. In order to try and cover for Gonzalez, they ended up getting JC Jackson back from the Chargers, traded 2025 sixth and seventh round picks. So J.C. Jackson, who's fallen out of favour with the Chargers, he's now back with the Patriots. Then we had the Arizona Cardinals at the My San Francisco 49ers. We both went 49ers and it was an easy win for them in the end, wasn't it? 35-16. Christian McCaffrey getting four touchdowns. Uh, Brock Purdy getting the other one. Just looking again, really comfortable both sides of the ball. And these players are starting to break records that have been set by classic 49er players. Um, McCaffrey has scored now a touchdown in 13 consecutive games, which broke a Jerry Rice record. So just a really strong 49ers team. Would you say this is one of the strongest 49ers teams you've ever seen when you've been a fan? Absolutely, yeah. I mean, going back to when I first started following them back in the 80s, we were always good both sides of the ball. But this is definitely the best squad we've had in 30 years, at least. Yeah, without a shadow of a doubt. Hoping for good things. Hoping for good things. Then we had the Sunday night game. Kansas City Chiefs at the New York Jets. Uh, I said this will be a massive blowout. We both went Chiefs. And the Chiefs went up 17-0 in the first quarter. And I thought, oh, this is going to get ugly. But the Jets kept it close. Zach Wilson had a pretty decent game. Uh, did throw a bit of a horrible pick at one point. But... They pulled it back to 20-all and the Chiefs had to drive down and kick a game-winning field goal late on. I expected this one to be a massive blowout, but the Jets kept it close, so fair play to them. Yeah, I mean, I also thought this would honestly be a blowout. This thing, on the online picks, Pick'em, I actually at first in this game went with the Jets for this game. I was like, you know what, I'm going to go with the Jets. And I did end up changing my mind to the Chiefs. And then the Monday night game to finish off week four, we had the Seattle Seahawks at the New York Giants. You went Giants, I went Seahawks. Um, and I was right with this one with the Seahawks winning very convincingly 24 points to three. 
Giants look terrible, don't they? They've really fallen off a cliff this season after a really good season last year. So that was the end of week four. So in terms of points, well, I don't think we really need to worry about points anymore, do you? <laughs> I'll be honest with you. When we started doing this, we didn't do it for points. We did it because we both love the NFL and we love talking about the NFL. And you're 12 years old and you know more about the game now than I ever have. You have no idea how proud that makes me and how much fun I have talking about the game with you. And to me, the passion that you show for the game and the opinions that you have on the game are worth more than any silly points accumulation to me. So I just say from now on, we forget about the points and we just carry on picking the games, talking about the games, giving our opinions and just having fun. What do you reckon? Yeah. Sound like a plan? Yeah, that's a good plan. Good stuff. Right. Well, now we will move on to the week five slate. So there's only 14 games in week five because we got bye weeks for the Browns, the Chargers, the Seahawks and the Bucks. So we start off with a Thursday night game, which is the 0-4 Chicago Bears at the 2-2 Washington Commanders. How do you see this one going? This game is actually going to be quite close. But at the same time, obviously, the, the Commanders, they still put up a point against the Eagles. The Bears came so close, but I think that is going to affect them. What happened? So I'm going to go with the Commanders on this one. But what are your thoughts on the game? I agree. I'm going with the Commanders on this one. I mean, the Commanders do seem like a really good team. I mean, Sam Howell, okay, a couple of weeks ago, he had, what, four picks in one game. But last week against the Eagles, he looked really in control. And I think for a young quarterback, I think he can really do some things for this team. Justin Fields, he had a great game last week, but I'm still not seeing consistently enough from them as a team on both sides of the ball. I mean, yes, great for their offense to open up a 21-point lead. But that offense then stops scoring. And people are saying it's on Matt Eberflus, the head coach, who uh, called a very dodgy fourth and short play uh, last week. But their defense allowed 24 points in the last one and a half quarters. So I have to say I have serious concern about the Bears. There's a very good reason why they're 0-4. The commanders are 2-2, two and two, looking like a really legit team. So I'm going for the commanders all the way on this one. Next up, we have a game at Tottenham. We got the 2-2 two two Jacksonville Jaguars against the 3-1 Buffalo Bills. Right, I hate to say it, but I'm going to come out straight away and say I'm going with the Bills on this one. The Jags looked much better last week. But again, I think considering some of the weapons they've got are looking a little bit too conservative on offense, I still don't think they're firing on all cylinders like they were late on last season. I think the Bills are hitting a rich vein of form. Josh Allen seems amazing. And even though the Bills have had some injuries, obviously they lost uh, their cornerback, Tredavious White, with a torn Achilles. So he's out for the season, which is a shame because that's the second time he's lost a season in the last three. So he was out for all of 2021 as well. So a real shame for him and them there. But I just think the Bills are going to be too strong for you, I'm afraid. So I'm going to pick the Bills on this one. Yeah. See, this thing here, the Bills, they're just looking like the better team in this game. I mean, they have loads of talent, obviously. They blew out the Dolphins, basically. And yeah, the Jags, I mean, they've been looking decent. But yeah, I don't think you look as good as we have last year. So I'm going to go with the Jags. Nah, I'm just kidding. I'm going with the Bills. Not bad. 
Yeah, I'm sorry. Like, but obviously, yeah, the Jags win, but obviously. Yeah, obviously we'll be cheering for the Jags as usual. But uh, yeah, I, I think the Bills are going to be too strong. Next up, we've got the 2-2 two two Houston Texans at the 2-2 two two Atlanta Falcons. Which way do you see this one going? I'm just like, just going to say right off the bat as well. I'm going to go with the Falcons to win this game because of two words. Bijan Robinson. He looked really good last week against us. I'm going to be honest. He pretty much sliced up our defense. I mean, early we were stopping him. But once he got into the zone, he started breaking off some big runs. This is one of the best rookie running backs I think I've seen since I've, you know, got into football. Honestly, obviously, he's fast. He's so dangerous in, like, a one-on-one tackle. He's so good at, like, duking out defenders, doing loads of skill moves. He's so dangerous in the open field. And I think the Texans are going to have a real hard time stopping him. Falcons, they've got the most talent on the defense, in my opinion. Obviously, the Texans, I think this game will be close. You know, CJ Stroud, I mean, I think he'll perform, but I'm just going to go with the Falcons for this game. I agree. If you're looking at just quarterback, I would say CJ Stroud is so much better than Desmond Ritter. But you're right, Bijan Robinson is a real X factor in this one. And I just think, in terms of weapons, I think the Falcons have just got more offensively, certainly, than the Texans. And I think defensively, even though the Texans are improving, I think the Falcons are slightly the better team and are at home. So I can see it's going to be close and only be, I reckon, a field goal in it. But I think the Falcons are just going to win this one. So, yep, agree with you on this one. Next up, we've got the 0-4 Carolina Panthers at the 3-1 and Detroit Lions. I don't think uh, either of us had too much problem picking this one, did we? Yeah, Panthers, Bryce Young is just still looking incredibly raw. There's a reason why they're 0-4. They're rebuilding. And Detroit Lions look like serious contenders this season. And being at Detroit, I can't see the Lions having any problems dealing with the Panthers. So... Lions pick for me. What about you? Yeah, Bryce Young needs to start performing a bit better soon. Otherwise, people could start thinking he was a bust and they should have gone with maybe CJ Stroud or Anthony Richardson. So, yeah, he has to start playing better, but I don't think he's going to be able to do this against such a good team like the Lions. Obviously, they're 3-1. And, and you like I said, they're at Detroit. So, the Lions are just the better team. And it's like I've said multiple times already. The better team just comes out on top most of the time. And the Panthers. I mean, they've been solid on the defensive side. But it is actually going to be. So, it is actually going to be quite an exciting battle between the Detroit offense against the Carolina defense. But still, I think that offense will be, still be a bit too much for that defense to handle. So, yeah, that's the reason I'm mainly just going to go with the Lions. I think they're just the better team. Yeah. And then next up, we got the 2-2 two and two Tennessee Titans at the 2-2 two and two Indianapolis Colts. Who are you picking for this one? See, the Titans, are they been looking good, honestly? Obviously, they had a blowout when the defense was really good, and so was the offense, honestly. Derek Henry's been looking decent. Go with the Colts. Once again, mainly because of two words. Anthony Richardson, in my opinion, he's been playing, like, really well. Honestly, especially with his running abilities, they've been unstoppable. His passing abilities, Chrissy is one problem, but he's already pretty much proved to us, in my opinion, that he can lead this team to some wins. He could be their franchise QB. He could be the QB of the future for this team. On Sunday, he's going to carry the Colts to a win. 
Yeah, I agree. The times have been too up and down for me. I think they've been inconsistent. You know, really good one week, but pretty bad the next. The Colts, I think, are more consistent. As you say, Anthony Richardson is a massive player for them. He's really come out. His running game is certainly better than his passing game. But it will also be helped by the fact that Jonathan Taylor has started practicing this week. Their running back, who's obviously been on IR for the first four weeks of the season. So there's a very good chance he could be playing. And he's one of the best running backs in the league. So if Anthony Richardson and Jonathan Taylor is a one-two punch, I can see the Titans not having any answer for that. So yeah, I'm going for the Colts on that one. Agreement! Yeah, it's another agreement. Next up, we've got the 1-3 and three New York Giants at the 3-1 and one Miami Dolphins. Was it just me or was so many of the games this week, unlike last week, really easy to pick? Yeah. <laughs> a lot of them were just easy. Right, yes. Giants look terrible. They look terrible Monday night against the Seahawks. Uh, the Dolphins, okay, they're coming off a bit of a nasty defeat, but they'll learn from that. They're still a, a legitimate playoff contender, even though they may not win the division having been beaten by the Bills. So, easy Dolphins win, I'd say, by at least a couple of scores. Dolphins for me on this one. I've noticed about, I believe, three times out of the four weeks I've picked the Giants to win. And I'll tell you what, it's going to stay that number for the rest of the year. I'm sorry, I'm not picking this Giants team. I'm sorry. Like, like they're just looking. That comeback against Garms is the only reason they have maybe like 1% of respect. So, that's literally the only reason. If not, they'll probably be looked at as the worst team in the league right now. Yeah. Like by far, they've looked terrible. Can't move the ball in offense. Can't stop a soul on defense. Dolphins might win this 200 to zero. Like, honestly, this Marvin's just going to be a huge slaughter fest for the Dolphins. Cool. Right. Next up, we've got the two and two New Orleans Saints at the one and three New England Patriots. Which way are you going on this? See, obviously, I picked the Patriots to win last week, and they lost 38-3. to Like you said, the biggest loss in the Bill Belichick era. This team, something's just not clicking with them. Something's just not clicking. They're just uh, extremely inconsistent. They're not great most of the time. Sometimes they can get blown out. And the Saints, obviously, they, they have had their ups and downs of the year, but I think when you're playing against this team, that is sort of in rebuild mode. Well, I don't know about that. They're definitely trying to improve. That's not really happening. The Saints are going to be good enough to take them down, in my opinion. This is a team that is just way better than the Patriots. And I think this could end up being like a two-score Saints win or three-score. Yeah, I'm going with you on that one. I think the Patriots are a really bad team, if I'm honest with you. Their only victory so far this season has been against the Jets. And even then, only by five points, and they nearly lost it at the end. I think Mac Jones at quarterback looks really dodgy for them. I think he's really suffered confidence-wise after the season under Matt Patricia last year. The Saints, Derek Carr will have had another week to get himself fit to work on the shoulder. I'll be honest with you, I can see Bill Belichick getting fired at the end of this season. I think they're probably not going to win more than four or five games. And I think Robert Kraft will end up getting rid of Belichick, sort of one of the most successful head coaches of all time. So... Yep, I agree with you. Saints victory for me on that one. Next up, we've got the Baltimore Ravens at 3-1 and one at the Pittsburgh Steelers at 2-2. Two and two. Like I said earlier, Steelers are going to be without Kenny Pickett. They're going to have Mitch Trubisky at quarterback, which 
may actually be a bit of an upgrade because Pickett didn't look great in the defeat against the Texans. As you're always spouting, Lamar Jackson just looks really good for the Ravens at the moment. And even though the Steelers' D is very strong, I can see the Ravens coming into Pittsburgh and being too strong for them. So I'm going for a Ravens win in this one. Yeah. In my opinion, there are two QBs in the league that just like recently, like the past few years, they've just got injured so much. But I feel like when they're playing, their team is so good, mainly because them. Those are Lamar Jackson and Tua Tagovailoa. Honestly, so yeah, Lamar Jackson's one of them. If he can stay healthy, the Ravens could go like be like one of those top teams. They could end up going quite far in the playoffs if he's their quarterback. He's, in my opinion, their best player. And yeah, he just got everything. Like I said, he's got everything a QB needs. He's going to torture that Steelers defense, even though they do have some talent. TJ Watt, Cameron Hayward, and Maker Fitzpatrick. I still think the Ravens offense still got Mark Andrews. I don't know if OBJ's still injured. I think he's still out, yeah. But you've got Zay Flowers, you know, who's one of the best wide receiver prospects in the draft. I'm going with a Ravens win. And guess what? An agreement! Another agreement. <laughs> I think we've agreed on everything so far, yeah. so... Right, next up, we've got the 1-3 and three Cincinnati Bengals at the 1-3 and three Arizona Cardinals. Which way are you calling this one? I'm going to go with the Bengals to win this game. I mean, Joe Burrow, obviously, they could be affected by that. I mean, this game is going to be like a one-point Bengals when I'm sorry. I do not see this being a high-scoring game. This could be one of those games where it's like a 10-9 Bengals win. I'm sorry. I'm just going with the Bengals because it's my gut feeling, honestly. Their players will be able to step up and take down the Cardinals. I don't think this is going to be one of the very entertaining games. Well, I agree with you on that, but I disagree with you on the winner. I'm going for the Cardinals in this one, believe it or not. I think the Bengals look really bad this season. I think defensively, they look so shaky. I mean, their only win so far has been a three-point win over the Rams. But other than that, I feel Burrow's injury is just costing them massively. And I think it's affecting them across the board. As I say, defensively, they're leaking all over the place. And I think the Cardinals, they played close in the first two weeks, beat the Cowboys in week three. And they lost to us last week. And obviously, you know, we're one of the better teams. But it was really close after third quarter. It was only two late scores by us that pulled us far enough away to make it comfortable. But I think the Cardinals were a lot better than I expected them to be. I thought I thought they were almost going to be tanking this season in order to get the number one pick. But that really doesn't seem to be the case. So, yeah, I'm going to go for a Cardinals win on this one. Next up, we have the 4-0 Philadelphia Eagles at the 2-2 Los Angeles Rams. I'm going Eagles on this one. They're 4-0 for a reason, and I can't see why they wouldn't go 5-0. The Rams are so much better than I expected them to be. I thought they've got a young squad, so they'll be in full rebuild mode. But they've gone toe-to-toe -to -toe with some really good teams and proved themselves to be a really good team. They're going to make a good stand for themselves, but the Eagles are just going to be too strong. So, Eagles win for me. Okay, so this thing, I do think the Rams have obviously shocked a lot of people this year because, you know, everyone expects them to be bad. They've actually been pretty good. I'm going to go with an Eagles win. I think the Rams are going to extend out this game, make it close. I think this could be an overtime Eagles win, just like the Commanders game. I think the Rams are going to stick in this game. This team still has some talent, and they are showing it. 
So I'm going to go with the Eagles because, like you said, they're 4 0 for a reason. But I think the Rams are going to stick in this one. I think this could be quite an entertaining game. Cool. Yeah, I think it'll be a good game as well. Then we've got, oh man, two absolutely sucky teams. We've got the 1 and 3 New York Jets at the 1 and 3 Denver Broncos. Wow, this was a tough one to pick. Who have you got in this one? I'm going to go with J E D S Jets, Jets, Jets. I don't know why, just because they looked pretty good against the Chiefs. Zach Wilson obviously did have some mistakes, but he looked overall pretty solid. The Jets, they still have a lot of playmakers. Obviously, that defense is still really good. The Broncos, it's just like the Chargers. The only reason I feel like they've got a tiny bit of respect is because of that comeback. And so I just have a feeling the Jets are going to be able to take them down. They're just by a bit the better team. But this is a tough one, in my opinion. This is one of the tougher ones. All right, well, another disagreement. I'm going Broncos in this one. The Jets, great defence, but they've got Zach Wilson. And even though he looked better last week, unfortunately, he's still Zach Wilson. I think the Broncos looked improved last week. Yes, they let the Bears race off to a big lead, but they were good enough to claw it back. And uh, Russell Wilson is starting to look almost like the Russell Wilson of old. Not quite, but uh, certainly better than he was last season. So I can see the Broncos just squeaking this one, maybe sort of a 17-16 or something like that. It's not going to be a high-scoring affair, but I can see the Broncos just doing enough to win it. Next up, we've got the 3-1 and Kansas City Chiefs at the 1-3 and Minnesota Vikings. Again, not much to say about this one. Chiefs weren't great last week, but more often than not, the Chiefs don't have to be great. They just have to be good enough, and they were good enough to take down a pretty poor Jets side. And I can see them doing exactly the same to the Vikings. Vikings obviously got a much-needed win last week, but... I think that's where the win streak stops, unfortunately. Chiefs are too good for them, so I can see a Chiefs win. Yeah, this could be a blowout for the Chiefs. They're just better teams overall, and they've got more talent. And, I mean, the Vikings have some talent, but they haven't really shown that on the field yet. So I'm going to see to believe it, honestly, this year. So yeah, I'm just going to go with the Chiefs on this game. Yeah. Then we've got the Sunday night game. We've got the, this could be the game of the week, couldn't it? The 3-1 and one Dallas Cowboys at the 4-0 and o San Francisco 49ers. What are your thoughts? I'm just going to go with bang, bang, nine again. They're the better team. The Cowboys, you lost to the Cardinals. I don't really have much more to say about that. The Niners are just a better team than the Cowboys. This is, in my opinion, currently the best team in the league. This is just such a good team that cannot be stopped. So good on defence. So good on offence. Like, every time I just look at whoever the fourth hours playing, it does matter. It can be the Chiefs, the Eagles, or the best team in the league, the Jags, all the Cowboys, all the Bills, and I'll just pick the Niners, like, right away. They're just too good of a team to pick against, you know? Yes, I mean, I hate to jinx it at all. Normally, I don't like picking for the 49ers, but this game really depends on which version of the Cowboys turns up. If they turn up and really give it a good shot, then it's going to be a close game. But the 49ers are so strong on both sides of the ball. So many weapons on offense. Defensively, at DB, the cornerbacks are probably not top-level NFL material. But I just don't see the Cowboys having the weapons to pick on that too much. I think Shanahan's really going to be scheming to focus in on the Cowboys' weaknesses. It'll be a close game, but it'll be high scoring, and I can see the 49ers coming away with a win on this one. Yeah, in my opinion, this will be the game of the week. This will be yeah. such a high scoring one. I think so. 
And then finally, and probably another tough one to call, the Monday night game, which is the 2-2 two and two Green Bay Packers at the 1-3 and three Las Vegas Raiders. I'm going to go with the Packers on this one. We still don't know if Jimmy G's going to be playing, so it could be Aidan O'Connell again, even if Jimmy G's there. I know the Packers have kind of flattered to deceive this season. Sometimes they look great, sometimes not so much. But I think if Jordan Love can go out and be consistent, I can see them being too strong for the Raiders. I think that the Raiders are way too up and down. We expect them to have a strong D-line, but everything else defensively to me has been disappointing. So I'm going with a Packers win on Monday night. Well, we're going to have another agreement to end it off because I too am going to go with the Packers on this game. You've got Aaron Jones, Christian Watson back. Love has looked decent, I guess. And they have a lot of depth, so do the Raiders, but the Packers have just shown it more. But the Raiders, they have the playmakers. They haven't really used them. They, but they've got the talent. But when pushes come to shove, we haven't really seen them, you know, become a really, really good football team. Like we thought they had the chances too. The Packers, they look like the best team so far this year. Right. So, 14 games, only two disagreements. Quite a good week for both of us there. No need for locks anymore, so we don't have to do that. So that's good. Anything else you want to add before we finish? Another London game. Come on, you Jags. Come on, you Jags. I have to say, just to finish off, wasn't Sunday a great day, though? We got up to Wembley quite early, had something to eat, walked around a bit, took it in, went in, watched all the pre-game warm-ups and everything. The atmosphere was great. The people around us were great. It was a really entertaining game. Stayed right till the end. I mean, it's a fantastic show they put on, isn't it? The NFL coming over here really do put on a great show. And I was just so pleased that you got to see your team win. I mean, obviously, we, they lost to the Broncos last year. We saw them win the previous year. So, but it was a convincing game. I mean, it wasn't even close. Defensively, you stifled the Falcons. So, now it's really pleased to see you leave Wembley with a, with a smile on your face. So, yeah, really good day out. Yep, and yeah, it was just nice to see us get the win out of it, you know. If we end up losing, obviously, you know, it's not the best feeling at the end of the game. But when we came out, when we were on the train back home, all I could do was smile. <laughs> like a Cheshire cat, absolutely. Right, well, that's it for this week's episode. So for the Double G NFL Picks podcast, I've been Graham. And I've been Griffin. Thanks very much for listening, and we'll see you next time. Bye. Unnecessary roughness on number 52. Excuse me a minute. Okay. <laughs> there are multiple like fouls on the play. Unnecessary roughness on the kicking team number 92. 52. Unnecessary roughness on the receiving team number 57. Those fouls offset. There's also a holding number 92 on the return team. All those fouls offset at the spot of that foul. First down, uh, Dallas.